What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brennan and Damo back on the show. It is Friday the 23rd. It was media day for the Washington Wizards, so we're going to let Damo go over anything that the, the players might have said, that Wes Unsell Jr. might have said, that Tommy Shepard might have said. Then we're going to cover the Ime Udoka stuff, and then we're going to give you a preview, um, as I said, on last week's episode that we were going to start doing previews for our Eastern Conference opponents. And we're going to start from the top of the standings from last year and work our way down. So we're definitely going to do Miami today. And if we have time, then uh, we'll include Boston today as well. But Dom, I figured we would start with the media day stuff since I'm sure a lot of people are, are going to want to hear us talk about that. So I figured we'd get that out of the way first, but uh, I didn't listen to anything that any of the players or the coach or the GM said. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I am totally disinterested at, at this point. I know once the season gets closer, I'll be a little bit excited. Uh, but for now, I, I still am. I have the same stance that I've had for a while now. And it's that I don't think the team is going to be very good. And I'm just tired of the the lip service from everyone and, and media day is supposed to be a time of optimism, right? You know, I mean, it's the time where, you know, everyone can go to the NBA finals. Every team can uh, be a playoff team if things swing their way. So um, I'm sure there's definitely some positives to take away from media day, but I still right now, I'm just not overly that optimistic, but I know that you did listen a little bit to um, the Wes and Tommy joint presser uh, before media day. So what were your takeaways from anything that you might have heard them talk about? Yeah, I think I think uh just starting with with Tommy and, and Wes, I mean, you know, this is the part of the season where it's 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 all good. Like everybody's excited and, you know, ready to get back to, to playing basketball, competitive basketball. Um I, I think from the perspective of Tommy, like he seems to think that he's the, the roster is is upgraded to a level where they should be competing for the playoffs. Um, and he he thinks that you know this the the what's the what's the best word I can use uh uh the 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 guys are more uh, connected as far as you know uh how they'll be able to play together on the court because, you know, last year coming into this year, we had the Dinwiddie and KCP. And, uh, we didn't really know what Kuzma was going to bring. And you had Gafford coming back off of a good in the previous season. Um, we thought that was a playoff roster, but things happened, I think, off the court, and that kind of derailed it. So it seemed like an emphasis for him was getting guys in. He talked about dog a lot, getting guys in about that had dog and that took pride on the defensive end of the ball. Um, and guys that just, it seemed like weren't as like big personalities that kind of stirred up a locker room. Like there is no Montrez Hurl type personality out of the, the guys that he brought in. Um, and, and it seems like that was by design. Um, guys that are just going to, just going to work better together. Maybe not as talented person, as talented per se, but they work better with the group, um, you know, around a KP, Beal, and Kuzma. 
Um, and that seems to be the team that seemed to be Tommy's goal, uh, more than anything, uh, uh, from, from what I gathered. Yeah. I mean, um, I definitely can appreciate the fact that they've tried to eliminate the distractions. And to that point, you know, when you're trading away Russell Westbrook, I mean, uh, I don't want to say you're you're not necessarily caring what you're getting in return, but you're you're pretty much going to do whatever you could to, to get off the the player and that contract that he had. So um, I'm still happy with that move in hindsight, just because again, I never thought that Russ was really that good, especially at this point in his career. Um, so you know, I mean, they ended up trading Montrez for Vernon Carey and what uh, Ish Smith and a second round pick. So um, we don't know what the the pick is going to be. And then both those guys that, that were in that deal are no longer, um, well, Vernon Carey still on the team, but I think that he has a legitimate shot at being cut if um, th- there's a guy in camp that performs really well. So um, definitely, I think, uh, kind of a, a dud trade um, with Trez, all things considered, but uh, again, I, I, I do appreciate the fact that, that they realized he was going to be a problem. And so they moved on from him and that they saw what that could do to a locker room. And so they, they've tried to eliminate guys that are going to be problematic in that sense. So I, I do appreciate that sentiment. Um, other than that, again, I really haven't listened to a whole lot. I will say I am excited to, to see what the team can do. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that on paper they have improved, but as we go with the the next few episodes in the coming weeks, um, they have a lot of competition in the Eastern Conference that I think is going to, at the end of the day, outweigh any improvements that uh, Tommy and Wes may have felt like they made in the offseason. But moving on yeah. to Yume Udoka, kind of uh, Shams and Woj kind of broke the internet last night with uh, – that the news that he basically had been sleeping uh, consensually with a member of the Celtic staff. And um, obviously we all know that he and Nia Long are partners. I don't know necessarily if they were married. I looked on Wikipedia and it said that they were partners. So I'm not exactly sure what the technicality of that is, but he either and, way. He and um, Nia Long. Yeah. Yeah. They're not married. Right. Um, yeah. Either way, um, he's been suspended by Boston for a year. And I honestly, I I think he's done as a head coach in the NBA, at least for now and in the near future. Uh, Maybe in a few years or so, they'll see what happens. But for now, I I don't see how he becomes a head coach in the NBA, at least for um, a couple or a few years or so. But what did you kind of think about that whole situation? Did you did you think that the suspension for him was appropriate? Do you do you agree with it? Do you not? What what, are, what was your thoughts on that? Yeah. So when I first heard it, uh, I was just like, "Wow, one, this is so random." And like, you know, he's a he's a first time black head coach for one of the blue blood programs in the world, sports programs in the world, really. I mean, the Celtics job, that's right up there with the Lakers job. Like, it don't get much better than that when we talk talking basketball. So, uh, you know, it was just 
just just a, a whirlwind of, of news and it was just kind of just a drip 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 of information um but i was like okay for them to suspend him for a year it had to have been bad because people have affairs all the time in the workplace subordinates uh you know upper management executives ceos owners all the time right but typically if you're doing your job well that stuff kind of gets gets handled in house you might be disciplined some people may be you know you know fine whatever uh and then it's it's business as usual but it doesn't become a big whirlwind news cycle uh but this did so it it just had my brain churning like okay what the hell could he have done you know with women on staff that was so bad it had to be publicized like this to the point where he almost got fired but then they just decided to suspend him for a year because for me if you're going to suspend him for a year then that means you should have just fired him um and then when i heard uh today matt barnes come come out and take back his defense of him because he got the real information on what happened and what's going on now I'm really like, okay, this might end up looking bad for the Celtics if he comes back that, you know, he really did some wild stuff, you know, some some Deshaun Watson level type stuff. And all they end up doing was just suspending him for a year. Right. Um, and, and if that's the case, it's like, if it, if, if it rose to that level of embarrassment for your franchise, why not just fire him and then just keep everything in-house and then everybody would have been protected in it all. And you wouldn't have people on Twitter, social media and whatnot speculating on what women he was involved with on the staff. Um, I just, I felt like the Celtics kind of botched it. I felt like obviously he botched it. You know, you're a first time black head coach. You get a, one of the best jobs in the world and you, in your first year, you blow it over some, you know, cat man like that that's just crazy to me uh but i just felt like all parties involved just botched it yeah i'm not, I'm not sure i'm well informed enough to to give a legit opinion on it I, I would say that on the basis of it that um potentially losing your job over something like that is a little crazy i guess but i understand like the optics of it and how it would look from an organizational standpoint with, again, the subordinates, conflict of interest. I get it. Um, it just seems a little crazy, like, as if this happened in, I mean, that's not true, though, because in a lot of other work environments, if that happens, you're getting canned. So um, I, I guess I, I can't say that it's totally unreasonable. It's just like, if you look at the face of it, like, he had sex, he's now fired. It's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, I don't and, know. And see, I don't. From what I've heard, just again, it's a drip, drip, drip. It doesn't seem like it was just that. Like it doesn't seem like it was just a run of the mill affair between a subordinate and their boss. Um, it seemed like it was more than that. Uh, okay. Multiple occasions. Um, you know, so yeah. And, and that's why I'm kind of like, well, why didn't you just fire him? Right. I mean, it would have came out regardless eventually again maybe like again if they were just flat out like uh, upfront about like what happened and maybe not necessarily like 
I mean, people are going to find out who was involved, though, no matter what, because everyone nowadays is so nosy and just wants information about everyone else. So, I mean, I'm sure the names would have been out there eventually. But either way, um, a very odd situation. And I feel bad, kind of. Well, actually, you know, I don't feel bad because generally speaking, I don't like the Celtics. They've been a thorn in my <laughs> side for uh, multiple years. And so... Right. Um, but definitely now a tough position coming off an off season where Jalen Brown and then even a little bit Jason Tatum were in uh, trade rumor discussions. So now this just kind of adds to sort of, I guess, the uncertain, the uncertainty going into a season where they're probably expected at minimum to go back to the Eastern Conference Finals. And again, in a conference that continues to get better by the off season. So, uh, and we'll get to them in a, maybe later today, uh, most likely in a different episode, but we're going to go ahead and switch the gear to talking about the Miami Heat and getting into some of our opponent previews here. Um, honestly, not a whole lot to discuss with Miami. I'm glad that we have uh, this team today. Again, we're, we're going to start at the top of the East standings from last year and work our way down, but uh, Miami didn't really gain anyone. They basically just lost PJ Tucker and they re-signed a couple guys, and that's pretty much the summary of their offseason. Uh re-signing Victor Oladipo. Uh they drafted Nikola Jovic. Um I am I missing anything? I, I think that that like might be it. I think that is it. Uh yeah. I think that I mean they lost just about every power forward on their team. Uh I mean true power forward on their team. So uh, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I look at their roster, and I just don't really see how they got better. Um, but it looks like just about all the other teams around them got better. But, and you know, it's... I, I I still think they're they're probably going to be a top four team though in the East, uh, even with like an aging Kyle Lowry. I know Jimmy Butler played pretty well in the postseason last year, but you do lose P.J. Tucker. Uh, Bam Adebayo is shown to be a little bit injury-prone, I think, in a sense. And they do have some nice role players, right, like Max Drews, who kind of came out of nowhere, is going to be a starter for them next year. He took Duncan Robinson's spot, basically, um, just because he isn't as useless on the defensive end of the floor as Robinson is. And um, I think that the the basketball adjusting was weird for Duncan Robinson because to start – the year shooting from three he really wasn't that good last year and I think that probably had a little bit to to do with why he was struggling but either way Struce took advantage probably going to be a starter there Gabe Vincent we all know him um pretty solid player Caleb Martin (laughs) who Martin is presumably at this point going to be the starting four unless they start the rookie Jovich or um, maybe they go big and they start two centers with Yurtsevin. I, I, I don't know how they're going to handle that, but I still think this is a pretty solid team and they should still be good enough to crack the top four in the East, I would think. I don't know if I have them as a top four team in the East right now. Okay. Um, yeah, just off of their, their roster, like Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry are you're older now. Like how much load is he able to carry – you know, because, I mean, he's been carrying a lot. You know, that, that bubble finals run. And, then they, you know, the year five, last year, like, he's been carrying a lot. And he's, what, 33 now? So, uh, 
Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know if I have them pegged automatically as a top four team. Um, like it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if they were floating in that six to five uh range this year. Hmm. Okay. So what when you look at this team, what do you think are its strong points? Like when you think about the Heat, you're like, oh no, we have to play the Heat because why? Uh defensively, they have have so much versatility there because of really Bam Adebayo. Like he, he, he's he's six nine. He's a big, but he he guards like a wink. So he literally can switch everything, and you know guys can get beat. They can take chances, and he's there. Like so, having him is a game changer, I believe. And then you just got natural shooters around. You know Tyler Hero. I mean, all of their role-player guys, they all can shoot. Um, the only two guys on that team that can't shoot are Jimmy Butler and Bam. Um, so, you know, and, they, and they're both good facilitators um, out of the pick-and-roll and green game. So, yeah, like that that's really their, that's really their thing. Um, but it, it really starts with them on the defensive end. You, you're going to have to – every bucket is tough when you're playing the Heat. Um, so – yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Um, again, and, and they'll still play good defense just because they have uh, they have Bam. I think Caleb Martin's a solid defender. Uh, Jimmy Butler, obviously, a really good defender. And then they have a couple other role players to kind of to fit in the system. And we know that that's never really been a problem with the Heat when people talk about Heat culture. And you've talked about that through our episodes um, through pretty much every season and in the off season that we've done. You know, we. We would like to be as fortunate enough to to have a culture like the Heat, and so you're always going to have buy in there from guys, which is always nice. Which which is why I still think at the end of the day they're still going to be top four, just because they they always seem to to find a way to be extremely relevant. Um, the, the the concern I do have for them at this point is is Kyle Lowry, and it honestly wouldn't surprise me at the end of the day if Gabe Vincent ended up averaging more minutes per game, like if Lowry ended up kind of like at 24, 25, and Vincent was at like 26, 27. I mean, it honestly wouldn't surprise me. Um, they're probably still going to try and play Kyle Lowry a shit ton, but if it starts to become like visibly apparent that the team is just better off playing Vincent, I don't think that Spolstra would like not make that change. I think that he would make that change. Maybe not necessarily put him as the starter, but um, I do think that Gabe Vincent, it's very real for him to get more minutes than Kyle Lowry this year. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's definitely a scenario I could see playing out that way. I mean, Kyle Lowry is not getting any younger. He's been around the block a few times. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely see that. And, you know, Bo and Pat Riley, they're going to play the best guys. Um, they pass their, their physical tests and <laughs> perform on the court. They don't care what, what they paying you. I mean, they bench Duncan Roberts. Oh, easily. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think about the the negatives for this team? If you think that the Wizards have an advantage over Miami in any area, what would you give them? Where would you give them? Off the, the rip. Off the rip, I would say size, especially in the front court, because even Bam is somewhat of an undersized center. Um, you know, he's only six nine, so. Uh, yeah, I would say size. Like you matching up with them, you got a seven foot three KP, a six ten Kyle Kuzma, uh, Denny. If you're playing him at the three, Gafford six ten. 
Like you have a size advantage. Uh and then I think I think uh to me, Bradley Beal, like he in a scenario against them, you know, Bradley Beal has to be the best, not necessarily best player, but for sure the best scorer on the floor. Like he can't be outplayed by Tyler Hero. Like that right. that can't happen. You know, if he's thirty point per game, Brad, and then you're able to able to overwhelm them with your front court size, you got a shot. Um, but if he's going to get outplayed by Tyler Hero, you know, Bam is going to kind of swallow up all of your bigs um, and limit your shooting. Then you don't have a shot. Uh, I do think that the Heat still have an incredibly good shooting team. I mean, we again, you, you touched on it a yeah. little bit earlier, but they really don't have any bad shooters. I mean, outside of their centers and then but Jimmy Butler. I mean, literally everyone else outside of that is capable of hitting a three. Uh, Max Struess is a sharpshooter. Duncan Robinson, even though he doesn't get a lot of burn, I would still consider a sharpshooter. Um, Caleb Martin is a, is a fairly solid shooter. Um, who are we missing here? Did I already say Gabe Vincent? I don't think I did. Um, so I mean, pretty much every other guy in their rotation that's going to be getting any type of serious burn is going to be a, a decent three point shooter at minimum. Um, Jovich, if you want to throw him in there too, I think he has decent potential to shoot the three ball at a at a good level uh, in the NBA. So um, shooting is definitely. Another good thing I would point out outside of their defense, um, obviously the the struggles, I would say age is not really on their side. And um, to, they really don't have a lot of creation either, in my opinion. I think that's something that um, th they really just don't have a guy that can be like, I mean, they have Tyler Hero. And I guess if you want to count Oladipo in that, but really like they have no on-ball threat that I'm like, terrified of you know what i mean right right like they 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 need like a bradley bill or devin booker or spider mitchell like um but they're hoping maybe that that tyler hero can be that uh you know that elite off the ball threat because i think that's too much of a burden to ask jimmy butler to do now at age 33 like he never really was elite at that even in his prime and now, if you're still trying to ask him to do that now, you know, at, at 33 years old, I don't know if that's ideal. Shit, he was carrying in the playoffs, though. I'll give it to him. He's he a was. I have nothing bad to say about Jimmy Butler, man. He was. He was, for sure. For sure. He definitely was. Um, is there anything you want to touch with on Miami before we end this episode? Uh yeah, I mean I I just reiterate, man. I think I think everybody else in the East got better around them. Uh, as far as like the the competitive teams, the Cavs, the Hawks. Um, shoot, I think the Wizards got better. Not better than the Heat, but just I think the Wizards got more better than the Heat this off season. Than sure, yeah, yeah. The the Wizards yeah, improved like, more than the Heat improved. Yeah, then the Heat improved this off season. Um. Yeah, and I, you know, obviously the you know the Bucks they're gonna get a healthy Middleton back. They were already cream of the crop, you know. Uh, and then of course the Sixers, adding PJ Tucker to 
uh, what they already had. Uh, you know, the Nets basically getting Ben Simmons now, um, plus a, a Royce O'Neal. That's an underrated pickup for their wing defense. Uh, yeah, so I think I think all of the players, you know, the Hawks, obviously Dejounte, all of the all of the big players in the East, um, I think got better. So I, I just, you know, that's why I think it's not a, a lock for me that they're like a top four seed. Yeah, no, I totally understand. Uh, real quick, what did you think about uh, Nikola Jovich before the the draft process or, or during the draft process and all that? Like, what did you think about him as a prospect? How do you think he fits in with Miami? I, I joked, I joked about it, but I was just like, he's such a Tommy pick. Um, but I actually like his game, like watching his tape. He kind of, he kind of reminded me of. <laughs> Not, not like kind of like Gallo, like. Uh, oh, I was actually gonna say that, so that's funny. So yeah. Yeah, like like he has like this smoothness to his game where it was just like effortless three point pull ups off the dribble, um, off the catch, and at his height, he's six nine, six ten. It's just like you're not blocking it, um, and I and I I felt like he had a lot of handle with him. Like he can really play on the wing with the ball. Like he's not just like some, he's not a wing by by size and, and, you know, name, like he really can play with that ball on the wing and, and get to his, get his jumper off. So I liked his game um, as a score for sure. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to leave it off today. Um, well, real quick, uh, we play Miami four times given that they're a division opponent. So what the, right now, what, how would you say the season series would go? Probably three one Miami favor. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say too. Either that or I debated a split, but I, I would still probably say three to one as well. So again, my, the Wizards did improve. Miami, I guess, kind of did not, but we're still not. I don't think near as on the level as the Heat are now. If if Jimmy Butler or something got got hurt for a decent chunk of the season, could I see the Wizards being better than the Heat? Yeah, sure. Um, but that's not something in the preseason I feel like you can really account for unless you have, like, data that suggests that that will probably happen. And he's an Iron Man, So uh, I, I don't foresee anything like that. Maybe it happens. I don't know. And who knows? Maybe even the Wizards uh, straight up healthy, even when the Heat are healthy or better. Um, certainly that's what we are all hoping for. But right now I just don't see it. And I think a, a three-to-one split does sound fair. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to go ahead and do it for us here today. We don't have enough time to go over the Boston Celtics, but we'll probably do the Celtics and the Bucks on the next episode. And if anything interesting Wizards Wise comes up, we'll be sure to discuss that as well. But I wanted to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. I know it's been a, a long off season, but we're almost there. And then we'll be back into our normal schedule where we're going to be back to once a week. And we'll also have our Twitter spaces, hopefully, that we're still going to try and do this year. Um, usually we do it on Wednesdays. So Wednesday, Thursday, it kind of, honestly kind of depends on if the Wizards have a game that day or not, just kind of our schedules and how things work. But we're going to try and do those, um, again, on a consistent basis for this coming season as well. But if you're not subscribed again, please make sure that you are. Rate us five stars. Uh, leave us a review. Any kind words really helps us out. And we really appreciate it. But thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.